to another episode of Pocket Law Talks. As we do these podcasts, we're going to do different things, cover different subjects. One of the things we did recently uh, in our first episode was to take something that was a current event in the law. Uh, we talked about the Alex Jones situation with the defamation. We're going to do that sometimes. Sometimes we're going to mix it in, uh, maybe focus on a criminal trial that's going on or something else that's in the news and talk about that. Other times we're going to take some things that are um, subjects we've seen in the law, things that we think are worthy of uh, learning more about, try to have a little fun with it as well. And that's what we're going to do today. Today we're going to talk about the mistakes we see people make when dealing with the police. I'm Brad, and here with me again today is Adam. Hello. And producer Devin. Hey. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. So today we're going to be talking about the mistakes people make when dealing with the police. Uh, there's lots of different things we see happen um, when people are out and about doing their daily things. And then all of a sudden uh, they hear those red and blue or see those red and blue lights, hear the sirens coming at them. Can you hear red and blue? You can hear hear red and blue and see sirens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> So we're going to talk a little bit about that. The mistakes we see. The mistakes people make. The (laughs) questions you see people uh, have and and where they might learn, hey, I could do something different in that situation. One of the first things, most common things we see is people, everybody knows you have the right to remain silent. Everybody. You'd think. I mean, is there anybody that doesn't know that? I'm surprised the number of people I represent that literally talk to the police and fully confess in the first 20 minutes of being with a police officer. I mean, I feel like it starts off is that people think that they can, like, outsmart them or, like, talk their way out of trouble. When in reality, you know, they don't even have to, like, say everything that you say. Like, they don't have to write it down. You know, say say it's a pot dealer and they think that they're selling harder drugs or something. And the guy's like, and he says to him, look, I sell weed, but I don't sell harder drugs. They could just write, admit to selling drugs, you know. And you would think that everything you say is... Yeah, li- or whatever, literally the cop walks up to the door. They're like, hey, do you have your license and registration? And and people will be like, hey, by the way, I got a gun in the car. I got drugs in the trunk. And what? I'm on my- <laughs> yeah, it's amazing I mean, the I, number I, of people that do that. If, they're about to be, if they know they're about to be searched regardless, though, like yeah, they maybe. don't have a license or. But I think it's important that people know that they don't have to talk to the police. Right. And the, where this comes from is you have a right to remain silent. That, uh, that extends to basically every situation. You've all heard it a thousand times. It's the Miranda warnings. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will provide it for you. Do you understand the rights? I've just read to you with these rights. Do you mind wish? Do you mind speaking to me? So those are what Miranda rights are. And people will say all the times, well, they asked me questions and I answered them, but they didn't read me my Miranda. Miranda doesn't apply in every situation. You have to be in custody, and they have to be interrogating you. So what does in custody mean? It means they have to be limiting your freedom in some meaningful way. Um, yeah, basically it's a reasonableness standard. It's an objective standard. It was it re- Would a reasonable person feel free to leave in that situation? Yeah, did, did they feel free, free to go? Well, right. so, like, I've seen, uh, like, I was watching this video where this cop in, I think, San Diego, he had, like, molested some little girls 
Um, and she kept saying, you know, you're free to go, you're free to have a lawyer. But then she started asking him, like, you know, did you play baseball? What high school you went to? You know, like really buttering him up with soft questions, trying to make him seem like they're his friend. Um, but she, she said that he was free to go. But then, you know, some of the questions you later finding out his answers to were incriminating. So how would that work in a situation like that? Like he basically incriminated himself, but he was free to go. Well, why are you, you going to hear people say or please say you're free to go? Is because Miranda only applies if you are in custody. So if they tell you you're free to go, then they know you're not in custody. They don't have to read your Miranda rights. Right. So it's a tricky way to get around it. And you'll see that commonly in traffic stops. In traffic stops, despite the fact that the police have pulled you over and stopped you on the side of the road. Right. You're not considered in custody at that point. Yeah, if you got in your car and you literally just left immediately, they would chase you and you would be charged with resisting law enforcement. But you're not considered in custody. Correct. You are free to go. <laughs> <laughs> So there's some contradictories to that law, especially in a traffic stop. But if they're just talking to you on the side of the street, um, you encounter them in any in any situation, and you're not in custody, they don't have to give you those Miranda warnings. That is correct. So, yeah, I mean, that can be confusing. Uh, you know, people are, I mean, how often are you going to be sitting on the side of the road or have an interaction with the cops and think, hmm, am I in custody right now? Right. Most people are just immediately scared. Well, you know, something I've also noticed with, like, police t tactics, especially when they're interrogating, is, you know, the person will say, like, okay, you know, this is getting too uncomfortable, I just want a lawyer, and they'll be like, okay, you know, you don't have to ask any questions or answer any questions from me, but, you know, maybe my partner might have a couple of questions, they'll be really softballs, don't, you know, blah, 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 and then the partner will ask a couple of questions, and, the guy, and it'll be super softball questions. What's your fla favorite flavor of ice cream? Yeah, things like that, and, he, <laughs> and he, it gets him back into, like, he's buttered up, back into the zone of asking questions, and then all of a sudden you see that it switches back to the partner who was originally yeah. asking questions, and now the guy's back to asking questions again, despite already saying that he, like, kind of wanted a lawyer, but he stills answering questions. I actually had that situation where I had a client who was originally talking to the police. The police officer said, hey... You know, we're here to talk to you about marijuana. Uh, it's our understanding that you're that you're dealing marijuana. And so he went and met with the police officer. He started having a full blown conversation. He's like, ah, I don't really care about the marijuana. And the cops like, well, actually, what you're really here for is we have an allegation that you have molested a child. Completely switched, just just on the fly. And and my client didn't realize at that point he could have said, well, I don't want to talk about that because he had already said he would talk, and because it was marijuana, he didn't care. Uh, but you can always revoke that privilege. Right. I just don't understand why people, like, just don't understand that they can shut up at any moment. Like, you know, you're not you're not going to get charges for not talking. Yeah, I think it's important that people realize that, and I think we need to talk about that. You At any point, you can just say, you know what, I'm done talking. I know yeah. I said I would talk, but I, I don't want to talk no, anymore. I, I want a lawyer. It might seem awkward in the moment, but fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, it just deal with that little bit of awkwardness, automatically shutting up. It's, you know, better than potentially facing more charges or talking your way into a hole that not even a lawyer can dig you out of. If they ask you what ice cream flavor you like, though, do not include one that has bacon in it. Ooh, gross. Why? There's a bacon-flavored ice cream? Why? Why? Is that incriminating? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I just got that. Took that was you a slow. It's, it's, what is it, Tuesday? The cop's going to think he's going to get licked. Yeah, no kidding. We're going to get a bunch of dislikes on that on that joke alone. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot, of, lot to break down right there. So let's talk about first... <clears throat> what you can and can't do in terms of um, answering questions in a traffic stop. So I think one of the uh, the first premises to, to sort of wrap your, your mind around is in the design of our country, uh, the police, must most of what we've got or much of what we have in our constitution is designed against protecting you from tyranny, protecting you from, 
um, the government overstepping its bounds. And so you have to remember that in any encounter with the police that these things are all there to protect you and designed to protect you and and keep your um, interest in the forefront. So let's say you get pulled over by police. It's a regular old traffic stop. One of the things, shocker, lo and behold, police are many times using a regular old traffic stop for is to go on a fishing, fishing expedition. Yeah. They're just looking for stuff. Yeah, I smell marijuana. And, and many times they'll ask questions like, do you have anything illegal in the car? What yeah. do, you, do you think you have to answer that question? That's the most annoying question, too, is, you know, they'll be like, well, do you have anything illegal in the car? And you're like, no. And then they're like, do you have any drugs? And it's like, well, I, I just answered that question. You know, I said no, but yeah. they're just trying to pry you open. Literally, you can say none of your business. Yeah, and I think, you know, is it smart to take a um, jackass attitude toward the police? No. No. But you don't have to answer those questions. You do not. They, they don't. At, just like anybody else, it's not anyone's business what you're doing. Yeah, you don't have to answer where are you going, what are you doing, why are you wearing it's what you're wearing. It's definitely not smart to incite the cop to, you know, try and overstep some bounds or maybe get really, like, you know, physical with you as well. Um, so it's always best to be respectful when you're doing it. But, yeah, you don't have to answer anything. So, you know, just politely decline. Right. And, and why are they asking if you have anything illegal? Well, of course, if you tell them they are. When you're in a vehicle, once they've gotten a, any probable cause, they can search you in your vehicle without a warrant. Even so. if they say that they smell weed and they don't, you know, and I, uh, I've heard of that happening quite often where no even weed was found, but they said that they smelled weed and they searched anyways. It's just a catch-all and nobody can say that they didn't smell oh, yeah. something. And, and you, you can't recreate that in a trial. Right. And, I mean, someone could have drove by that smoking and now he smells right. and he thinks it's emanating from your right. car. Or you could have smoked it earlier and you don't have anything in the car. Right. Yeah, so the the in a routine traffic stop, somebody pulls you over. They ask, start asking those questions. Do you have anything illegal in your car? You can just say no. You can just say, I don't have any reason to answer your questions. Is you know What's the purpose of the traffic stop? I'd say, do you have anything illegal in your car? <laughs> they might. Yeah, they're about to plan it on you. Yeah, I mean, I'm joking. I, obviously, I'm joking around. I don't want people to be mean to the police officers because it doesn't get you anywhere. But you don't have to answer their questions, period. And obviously, they're just asking that to try to get you in trouble. Right. Or, or, do you have anything illegal in the car? You say yes. <laughs> yeah. so I've got guns and drugs. Yeah, i got that, 300 pounds of pot in the trunk, but please don't arrest me. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's where people will get the misconception, too, where, you know, the cop will say, you know, if you cooperate, we'll just go easy on you. And you're, they want you to cooperate to go easy on them. They want their job to be easier. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say they, they, they've asked that question. You've, you've answered that in a good way. Then one of the next things they're going to start many times doing, where are you coming from? Right. Where, where, or where are you going? On my way to a drug manufacturing facility. Is that okay? Well, and, and the things they're looking for in, in many times, well, you'll see many times police pull people over that have either rental cars or people that have out-of-state licenses, license plates. That's a big one. So they're going to fish what state are you coming from. Are you coming from a state where marijuana is legal? Yeah, Michigan. All the states surrounding Michigan, Indiana. Indiana or Illinois. I mean, even if you're just driving around Marion County, though, you know, they pull you over and they ask where you're coming from. You say work, and then they'll ask what your address for your work is. If you don't know that off the top of your head, I feel like that just looks fishy. Right, and then and then they're going to want to know where are you going. Right. They want to know why, why you're traveling. All those questions are designed to try to – see if they can develop some sort of reason to search your vehicle. Right. And Correct. I think the easy question to, uh, the easy answer to those questions are, officer, I, I, you know, I, I apologize, but I don't have any reason to answer those questions. Right. I respectfully decline to answer or anything like that. Because uh, 
they don't have any <laughs> they don't have any reason to be able to just go on a fishing expedition because that's what really legitimately what it is. So I think that's the easy way to handle that. Look at it, uh, be polite, ask them to finish the reason for the stop, and then move on. One other thing we'll touch on real quick um, in, in a traffic stop, you'll see when they engage you in that conversation many times, and if you're engaging them back, they're using it as a way to buy time to allow a canine to come out to the scene. Isn't that weird how that happens? Yeah, and so you know that there's a really nebulous case law that's been developed around canine searches that it has to occur within a reasonable time frame to complete a the, the purpose of the stop. Problem is, how do you define reasonable? Well, there's case law all about that. It is, and it, and it, it's 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 a moving target. It depends on what you're pulled over for. A traffic stop for, you know, speeding is different than. You know, you can't produce a registration or you can't produce, you know, or you're driving while suspended. Right. Those take longer. They're going to take longer to search you up. And in that time, you know, they can also twiddle their fingers while the canine's on the way. Yep. And, yeah, so you, let's say you get pulled over for a, a brake light that's out. That's a quick ticket. Shouldn't take very long. They do have the ability to run your, your license and your registration, make sure it's valid, write the ticket, and get it back to you. Somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 10 to 15 minutes. If it starts extending beyond that time, then that's when uh, the courts are going to start taking a really close look at it. You get out past 20 minutes, it gets it gets real dicey for the for the police at that point. But I mean, I've had traffic tickets take as long as maybe two three minutes. Pull me over, boop, traffic ticket, or really just even a warning. And on I'll tell you what has really helped long. is body cam because you, uh, the the police officers are wearing the body cam in their cars, so you can see what they're doing. You can see they're running or they're just sitting there. I've had one where they're sitting there for 15 minutes. I think the biggest issue with body cam, though, especially when they're typing or something, is their arm covers the body camera. Sometimes. But if they are at least actively doing something versus just sitting there and doing doing nothing, then um, it's it's, at least an argument there. Now, what you will see is if you engage them in conversation – the court's going to give them quite a bit of leeway. For sure. And that just extends the time of the stop. Yes. And so that's one of the reasons you'd maybe want to not do that uh, and, and use your rights. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happens in a situation more where the you're in a traditional interview with police. Um, they're sending you down in a... Um, interview room, they've got a recording going, they're making a, a recording, everything is happening. One, you may or may not be in custody of that situation. If you voluntarily come in to do that interview, you are not in custody. So Miranda still doesn't apply. Um, and you can also just say no. Right. And they also usually give you a written waiver at the beginning of those. Important right. that people read those. Right. And so if you are engaging in an interview and you have been arrested, they have to read you your Miranda rights. You have to waive those before you do any questioning. If you decide to exercise your right to remain silent, you have to do it clearly and unambiguously. And unequiv- unequivocal. Yeah, if you say, I think, I, I think I'd like to talk to my lawyer first, that's not good enough. Yeah, right, you, you, you can't think. respond with a question. I've had that happen where a client's like, well, what does that mean? Do I have a, what if I want to call a lawyer? Or what happens if I call a lawyer? Or if I, if I waive my right to a lawyer, does that mean that you'll be nicer to me? Those are not... Unequivocal. I think one way they fish for people to talk as well is too. you know, like I said, they say that they'll go easy on you. They'll help you out. Or maybe, you know, you won't get charges from this when in reality, it's not even the police officer's uh, ability. You know, it's up to the prosecutor 
And that's when you'd want to get into something where with the prosecutor, you do something like a proffer. But in that moment, anything you say is still going to be used against you in court. And I mean, they remind you of that when they say the Miranda rights, but it's so easy to overlook. Plus, you know, people in that situation are hardly calm, cool and collected. They're usually sure. very stressed. It's 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 easy to even say in your head like, well, this could be used against me, but he just said he'll help me out. Right. In reality, you know, he's just going to they're, they're just wanting to make their job. I think that's an important thing to talk about, because I think a lot of people don't realize that not only do you have the right to, to stay silent, but, you know, just because they say they're going to be nice to you doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to shake out. Right. Um, they don't have any reasoning to uphold any sort of bargain that they just made. with you. Well, you hear people moment. say, like, the victim decided not to press charges. That's not the way it works. That's a common misnomer. Prosecutors are the ones that bring charges. So a police officer can say, hey, come sell drugs for me, or hey, if you if you work with me, I'll be nice to you. But ultimately, it's the prosecutor that decides whether or not charges are coming or not. Right, and that's something that you hear a lot, too, is when people are like, oh, well, well, what if I rescind the charges, or, you know, what if she doesn't want to press charges anymore? And it, it doesn't work like that, you know. Sure, sure, she could not show up to court and make it harder on the prosecutor, and ultimately the, the case could get dismissed, but... The prosecutors who brings forth charges and you know rescinds those charges yep. as well. And Brad and I both were former prosecutors. We've seen that. And we'll play a quick clip of what can go wrong when you decide to engage in a conversation with the police. You wanted to buy rock. Rock. Yes, I was. You gave her twenty dollars. I buy. gave her twenty dollars. She gave me some plaster. And now you want your twenty dollars back yes, because she didn't supply you with crack cocaine. Well, she, if she shouldn't give me nothing, no plaster, nothing, she should have said no. I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute. <laughs> I love so, it. Oh, that cop got his hands full there. She got plaster. She wanted somebody to be arrested for taking her twenty dollars because she didn't get crack. <laughs> and then she also throws in she's a prostitute. No, that's so. a new, that was a new lady. That was a throw-in. Yeah. Oh, throw it was in. a new lady. Yeah. I thought that was all the same lady. So, no, he goes to the lady and he's like, you know, she's saying that you didn't sell her crack, and she goes, "Well, I told her I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute. I oh, sell boy. my body." Well, she sells crack. Yeah. <laughs> One You're that full of little, dad jokes today. Needs a little bit of washing. <laughs> All right. So when you're in that situation, the cops don't have to be honest. Right. They can say they're going to go easy on you. If you if you help me, I'll help you. Those kind of things. And that's just not true. Um, we know that you did it. We have evidence that you did it. Right. Maybe they, put in say that. Good, maybe they put in a good word for you, but, you know, how far does that go? It, right. And, and they can even say they have, a, they have DNA. Or right. Got, we've got your fingerprint. Correct. Yeah, they can lie to you. They, they'll say that we can get into your phone, so just give us the password. If, and, I mean, think about that logically. You know, they might even say things like that detective that I seen that was getting interviewed, and they were like, you know. That you saw? Yeah, I just watched it last night. Whatever. Grammar police. Yeah, he's on my ass about it. Well, my parents will listen to this, and they will tell me that. Well, so, you know, they were like, we don't want to accidentally break your phone getting into it. You know, we don't want the software to, you know, mess it up, so why don't you just give us the passcode? And he's like, you're, you're going to break my phone? And she was like, well, it's, it's just possible. Um, I don't even think that they could destroy your property, whether it be, you know, accidental or intentional. And even then, you know, if, the, if they could get into your property, especially iPhones, like, just willy-nilly, why would they even bother asking you for the password? I mean, sure, it maybe shaves off 30 minutes. You do not have to give your pass password. Yeah, there was a case, and it was actually here in Indiana, where a um, judge um, was asked by the state of Indiana to compel a suspect or defendant to give their passcode to their cell phone. And the judge, the judge ordered that uh, and then found the um, defendant in contempt 
uh, for not uh, complying with the order to give up their, their passcode. That was taken up through the courts, went up to the Court of Appeals, and they issued an opinion that said no, giving information that helps the police in their chain of custody or in acquiring evidence against you is a violation of against your self-incrimination. Right. So we'll get into that a, a little bit now. Um, it even works with a warrant as well. You know, they can say they have a warrant for your phone. That doesn't mean that they have a warrant to get your password off of you, you know. Yeah, they have the right to search your phone if they can get into it. You don't, you don't and shouldn't have to give them your passcode. And, and so getting into that a little bit, the one of the mistakes we see clients make is they'll use their, like, birthday for a passcode. Or 1234. Right. That's what that's what Devin's passcode is, 1234. No. No. <laughs> Farthest from it. Don't lock that bitch up and make it. It's 2345. <laughs> But yeah, zero, 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 they zero. Warrant, they have a warrant for anything, you know, purses, bags, your car, house, you know, you don't have to give them any extra information. You know, even for your anal cavity, they have to have a warrant for Well, it, so. I mean, yours is pretty open. It is. I mean, I need that prison wallet stored for something. You never know when you need it for a rainy day. Starts so to get us back on track a little bit, the... Um, uh, when it comes to the passcode on a phone, that's a big deal, uh, especially when you talk about inside baseball a little bit. Androids are quite a bit easier to get into from, from yes. a police search than an iPhone. Another reason why iPhones are superior. iPhone is almost impossible to get into. If you have an iPhone and they do not have your passcode, pretty much they have to send your phone to the FBI to get into it, and that may or may not work. Um, I mean, it, I'm sure they have a big backlog, all of the police departments over the world sending in. And, that, and that's where I was going next. The FBI doesn't have time to do that. No. So it has to be something, a murder case or high or high or some complex uh, drug ring operation they're trying to bring down for, for them to take it. Isn't there a case coming out or it's on appeal right now about whether the police can hold the phone up to your face to use your face as recognition? Yeah, that's one of the things uh, that, that is a good question. I don't think has been resolved. Uh, if somebody take if you have face recognition on and they take your phone, they activate it and hold up your face. Right. Um, I feel like that's definitely just helping self incrimination. I should definitely. That is a out. search, but I don't know. It's yeah. a it's an interesting legal question. Uh, yeah, and so that's something that you have to you have to be careful with. If you really want to have your phone secure as possible, quite honestly, you should use an Apple and you should use. And I'm I'm an Android user, so I get it. Right. But I was also nothing interesting yeah. on my phone. <laughs> So uh, super boring. It's super boring. Yeah. All, all of his titty pictures of himself. He's got some long, <laughs> saggy boobs. Uh, I, was not I was not expecting that. Yeah, I take a lot of pictures of my upper torso frequently. Yeah. Um, Just call them tits. It's okay. <laughs> so if you, if you, if you, if that's a concern for you, having an iPhone uh, with a, a good password is is actually very secure. Um, and, and don't use your birthday. Don't use your one, two, three, four, zero, 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 zero. They'll try all those things. iPhones even have it where you can make it an actual phrase, you know, instead yeah. of just digits, you can make it a phrase. And I feel like that would be the strongest. Really summarizing the three things we've already talked about is it, any of those questions, you can literally say, I'm, I'm not giving a statement and I want a lawyer. And that, that solves those three problems. And then, and then what's, what's frustrating too is, you know, with the investigative videos that I've seen, they'll ask, they'll still ask that, like, are you sure, you know, and right. just stay steadfast yep. or even just say it once and then just don't say it Unequivocal. Anymore. Make yeah, it awkward I, as hell if you have to. I've seen literally interviews where people have said, I think I'd like to talk to my lawyer. I, I mean, I, I think I want to talk to my lawyer. Every time you say, I think, 
They can keep pushing you. That's not unequivocal. You have to say, I, I want my lawyer. I plead the fifth, and I want a lawyer, period. And then, and then they can't. If they don't stop at that point, then that's the evidence that would be kicked out. Yeah, not coming in. So that's how you protect yourself in that situation. Is the evidence if, – if so – if you say unequivocally, you know, I want a lawyer, and then you say if they don't stop, is it before or after you've already said that you want a lawyer, though? Like, say you've already said some stuff, and you say, I want a lawyer, it's but then nuanced. you keep pushing. If, if it occurs before you asked for a lawyer, that's still usable evidence. Okay. Yeah, if, if anything you say after that is not uh, and, and will be uh, thrown out if they continue to push it. Let's talk a little bit about um, consent to searches. Um that that's a tricky area. If 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 a police officer asks you to search something again, you have no, you don't have to say yes. If they ask to search your house, you can just say no. If Any, they, anything you have a right to privacy, you can say no. And so if if literally anytime you want to do search, and if you want to limit searches, you can. And if you if you say hey, you can do this, and you change your mind, you can say yeah, never mind. Yes, I don't want you to search. You anymore. can change your opinion, and they have to stop and get a search warrant. Again, that needs to be uh, something where you're unequivocal and be clear about it. And of course, this is nuanced as well. You know, the cop can just do it anyways, and that's something that you may see, or that they'll come in and then get a warrant later. And, of course, that's something that a good attorney would need to throw out or disallow. There are warrant exceptions, for sure. I, it, this is not the podcast to get into all those, but there are exceptions to having to get a warrant. But, again, you can say, I plead the fifth. I want a lawyer, and you cannot search without a warrant. And, of course, you know they're going to say things, well, if you didn't have anything on you, what, what do you got to be worried about? Just just fuck all that, you know, just be steadfast in your response because no matter how guilty it may make you look in the moment, you know, if you have truly nothing to hide, then in the end you'll be, you know, it, it wouldn't matter. And if you do have something to hide, maybe in the end you're better off for it. Even if it does make you look guilty in the moment, it's – it. It's supposed to not make you look guilty. For you have constitutional rights for a reason. Right. If I get pulled over and I have nothing in the car, I'm not going to just let them search my car for no reason. Right. I'm I not going to just if, give them statements for no reason. If he's being a dick, he could rip your you know floorboards up and stuff. Sure. He can rip out the lining and all that. And now you got to pay for all that to be re-put down. And right. Who wants to do that just because a cop had a hair up his ass? Right. Yeah, one of the things that's really I- ironic is it says um, – you have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. That's the Miranda warning. They always read somebody right before they question them. And it's 100% what your rights are. But if you invoke them, neither of those things happen. <laughs> they don't right. go get you an attorney and no. have you talk to an attorney and decide whether you want to give a nope. statement or not. There's not attorneys on standby at the police station. No. So, uh, it, it, you know, how should that – what are they really perceiving? What do the courts, I think, perceive is that you have the right to – go to consult with an attorney correct, and then decide whether you want to give a statement. And, you know, are there times as, as attorneys, do we say, yeah, we want our client to sit down and give a statement. Sure. There are. Yes. Um, there's times where we think that the side of the story that our client has to have or wants to get out there will potentially prevent them from, from charging them with a crime. Yeah. I want to say something about this too. This, this is something that is real world advice. So, I uh, had a family call me and say that their son was being interviewed about a sex offense uh, in Hamilton County, and they said, he's in there talking to the police. You need to call and tell them to stop. The privilege does not come from the lawyer. It comes from the person. Uh, So I couldn't just call and tell them to stop. What I said is, you need to give him the phone. They gave him the phone, and I said, you need to invoke the privilege to not speak. So the lawyer can't just end it on their own. It's the it's the defendant that has to claim the privilege. Right. You've got to kind of nut up a little bit and just, you know, like I said, make that situation awkward yeah. and make it. So don't, don't expect your lawyer that. just to come in and save the day. you got to protect yourself. Right, because if you're in jail, you're going to be really kicking yourself for not shutting up. 
Yeah, they're not they're they're not there to be your friend. They're not trying to help you out. Uh, if you do invoke that right, let your attorney and you talk through the situation, get an idea of whether it might make sense for you uh, to give a statement in that situation. And if it does, you go forward with it. If it doesn't, uh, you don't. And then you know people say, well, then that makes me look guilty. One thing this, that the state cannot do is in a trial against you, admit evidence that you decided to invoke your constitutional rights. Cannot do that. Mistrial I mean, if you remember, city. it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Of course, nowadays that gets really, you know, just flawed and everybody seems to think each other's guilty. And There's a jury instruction directly guilty. on point that the state cannot talk about the fact that you invoked your right to privilege right. against self-incrimination. And so you're not making – well, the police maybe you think it makes you look guilty – Okay, whatever. Who cares? They're not. That's not evidence. It's not evidence. Not something can be used against you. And so, you know, invoking your constitutional rights not something you should be shy about doing. One of the other topics I wanted to touch base on um, that we see very frequently is the issues that come up in a um, routine traffic stop that includes uh, being investigated for DUI. So, the way Indiana works. Um, if they, if a police officer sees any driving behavior, you can literally like touch the yellow line one time with your car. Uh, you don't signal your turn signal far enough in advance. You don't come to zero mile per hour at a stop sign. Uh, they can, they can initiate a traffic stop. And then as soon as they smell even the slightest bit of odor of alcohol, that's probable cause for them to engage in a DUI stop. I mean, they can do the same with any like any narcotic or even marijuana can't they can't that still give you a DUI you can get a DUI with a metabolite of marijuana yes yeah so drugs are really tricky because Indiana has this crazy law that says if you used two weeks ago and you still have the metabolite in your system that's operating a vehicle with a metabolite in your system that's Which a crime is crazy you don't have to prove the intoxicant level yeah you can go to you can go to Michigan uh, get high uh, for a week stay in Michigan for another week and not get high, and then drive to Indiana, and it's a it's a crime. Right, hey, you can get a DUI for having Ambien in your system. Stone cold sober, or taking you know prescription medication that you're able to take, but then you're driving, and you're driving. Maybe you just hit the line a little bit too much, and all of a sudden now you're on the chance of getting a DUI. And there is is if you're if you're within therapeutic range of prescriptions, that that's a there's a defense. That's a defense for, to to a, a DUI. But what happens when you get a a, a standard DUI where they smell alcohol? They will then put you through three standard field sobriety tests: um, the one leg stand, walk and turn, and the what's called the horizontal gaze nystagmus, where they test they, they test the uh, whether your eyes are bouncing around, um, and that will lead to them if they if you fail those tests, offering you what's called a certified chemical test, or more commonly called a, a, a breath test through implied consent. And, and what that means is when you get a license in Indiana, you impliedly consented to the police that if they have probable cause, you will take a breath or blood test and let them know what your BAC was. Yes. It's a very interesting nuance of the law. This is one of those times where, contrary to everything else we've said today, if the police <laughs> ask you to take that test and they had probable cause to give it to you, which most of the time they do, because it doesn't take much to get to probable cause, you should take that test. Why should they take that test, Adam? Well, because if you don't take the test, if you don't have any prior DUI convictions, then they can suspend your driver's license for up to a year. If you have 
a, a prior conviction, they can suspend it up to two years. And if you don't get it, most police officers, 95% of the time, are going to draw your blood anyways. Yeah, so that's, a, that's the real trick. It used to be that if you refused a breath test, then they would have a hard time getting your, your BAC improving the case against you. They now, almost, almost all agencies now will go to the trouble of getting a judge involved, getting a warrant, and then getting your blood. How fast would that process be from the moment of the traffic stop to you denying to them being able to get a judge? They to have to one? do it within three hours. So there's so, there's called a rebuttable presumption. So if they do it within three hours, then it's presumed that the level that you are that they tested was the level you were when you drove. So how, how often is there that judge on standby ready to do that, though? So I'll go back to the dinosaur era when I was a prosecutor. Is this the 1800s? Yes. And uh, He saw America formed. Uh, when... when uh, Back back in those days, we would be on call, and if they needed a DUI warrant, uh, they they'd wake the prosecutor up. The prosecutor would have an uncalled judge. We would then wake the judge up. Uh, back back then, I had to type up the probable cause affidavit, drive it to the judge's house, meet the police officer at the judge's house, yes, or wherever the judge wanted to meet us. Well, Sometimes, at this point, where would the you know if it's in the middle of a traffic stop, where's that person? They've already taken the person to jail. Oh, so they're in jail in custody. At they're in custody. Yes. So you're not sitting on the side of the road for three no. hours. No, no, no. Okay. And so you do all that. The judge signs the warrant relatively quickly. They go back, get the guy, drive him to the hospital, draw the blood. Yep. They we would accomplish that all in about an hour and a half. And they'll hold you down. They'll strap you to a chair, draw your blood. I can remember one particular time I was driving my family to Puccini's. Is this your DUI that you're going to talk about? No, no. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and in Fishers, and I got a call. There was a concert at uh, the big music center. Dave Matthews had to be. And uh, they needed a blood draw. So I uh, drove to the police department. 45 minutes later, we were still not eating dinner, uh, get the warrant. We drive to Pacini's. Five minutes later, another officer calls. Oh, no. He needs a warrant. So I drive back to the Fisher Police Department while my family's oh. eating, go fill out another warrant, then go get another one, and then go back and, and eat my cold food. Devin, just so you know, this is prior to the internet, prior to phones. Not yeah. quite that long ago. <laughs> There might have been some weird noises that were made when the internet turned on. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got my horse and buggy going into the mm-hmm. into the police station. Nowadays, though, they've really refined that process. Uh, if they um, they get a call, prosecutor has a the police officer has a form they'll fill out. Prosecutor has a form they fill out. They'll send it all electronically to a judge. Judge will sign it from the comfort of their home. Police officer is good to go in about five ten minutes. Yep, and so. That's why we would say now, most of the time, it does not make sense to refuse a breath test. Yeah, two things added to that, too. If you refuse and they don't get a blood draw, there's case law that says they can still use the refusal against you in a DUI. So they can still prosecute you just based on the probable cause they had. Despite everything that we've said where you can refuse to talk and everything else, if you actually refuse to give a breath test, that does actually assume guiltiness. Yeah, there are people that argue that it, it, it causes you to self-incriminate. Yeah, you can you can use the refusal as showing that they can argue that you consciously knew you were going to be intoxicated. That's why you refused. Indicia of guilt. And then two, they're going to get most of the time get a blood draw warrant, and you're gonna they're gonna have your BAC anyways. And let's say you luck out and they don't file a DUI, and you did refuse, you still get the license suspension regardless of whether or not that's right the DUI. Really? So even if you don't actually get charged with a DUI, they just, they just immediately revoke your license. Correct. Yep. Yeah, your license is suspended for a year. The only way to terminate that is by agreement of the prosecutor or 
some some instances there's a way a judge can do it too, but that gets uh, uh, it gets complicated. And you know, uh, for our listeners that aren't local, we're here in Indiana where <laughs> mass transit is like uh, if you need to go five miles, it'll take you two hours. Yes, correct. Right. And the buses are filled with piss and shit and <laughs> crackheads. So it's a it's a not like it's a luxury to not have a license. Correct. Uh, correct. It's a big deal for people. So you want to think about that. Uh, if you're in that situation, most of the time you're going to just have a penalty for refusing the breath test. So everything we've said today, uh, that's the one time you should do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Nor. Um, anything else you guys have to add today? I mean, don't forget that you are allowed to document what you want. You are allowed to record them. You know, sometimes they'll say they don't want to be on camera or they'll argue that, you know, they have a right to privacy. Especially if you're out in public, you're allowed to record them doing whatever it is, as long as you're not interfering with, you know, their actual investigation or interfering with them actually arresting someone, you are allowed to document it and... Record it on your phone, you're allowed to do that. Don't take any shit otherwise, whatever they say, you know, you may even actually get harassed, as we've seen a lot with the riots and everything, that some of the cops really got kind of gung-ho about that, but that's still something that is allowed to happen. Um, And so we wanted to make sure that you are able to record them and so that way they can't just do willy nilly because, you know, if someone's being recorded, they're going to act different. Yeah, for sure. And that's what's that's what's been a fantastic part of the development of technology and law enforcement. Most of them are now wearing chest cameras. Yes, correct. A lot of the departments are now even having their detectives uh, wear chest cameras. And um, there's also dash cameras. So we're getting multiple angles of these yes. traffic stops now. Where it used to be, it was he said, she said, she said, she said, he said, he said, whatever. And most of the time, quite honestly, the, the law enforcement were given deference. And yeah. now, um, you know, sometimes our... Not so much. Sometimes the videos are horrendous for our clients. <laughs> sometimes they're like, okay, look, now you're guilty. Yeah. But other times, it's yeah. clear as day that the, the cops have overstepped their bounds. And now we have a way to actually establish I that. I mean, plus you have the situations where the cops don't always, you know, quote unquote, remember to turn on their body camera or maybe the dash camera isn't on at that time. Yeah, there are some legal remedies for that, for sure. The, what I, what I want to say is I know we're joking around a lot. Uh, we're not here to say that cops are bad people. Um, I mean, they're obviously bad seeds everywhere, uh, but cops aren't bad. But the, the whole point of, of this talk is, is you have to remember what your constitutional rights are. That's what I want people to walk away with this is that you can do it in a respectful way. You can say, I plead the fifth. Uh, I, would, I want a lawyer be unequivocal about it. And you can't search. Uh, without a search warrant. those I mean, those are the three main things. And you can do it in a respectful way. You don't have to, I know we're joking around and, and saying things in a funny way, but uh, you can do it in a respectful way because you got to remember that that you got to look out for you and your lawyer is going to look out for you and, and, the, and the police officers are going to look after the state. Right. And with our jokes and everything, you have to remember that, you know, this is a law firm. So we are on the side of our clients. And at the same time, you know, we don't think all cops are bad people, like you said. They're definitely not. But, you know, people are people and people are flawed, whether you're a cop I'm or not. not you I'm not. Be, I'm pretty perfect. Yeah, pretty perfect with your pretty grammar perfect. and everything. Yeah, grammar. <laughs> and so, you know, many people think the justice is flawed. A justice system is flawed, and, and part, parts of it is, and parts of it are actually pretty solid, and victims do get recourse and everything. But with that, you know, we do fight for the side of the victim, or at least the person that hires us in that sense. 
So that's where this kind of angle is coming from. Yeah, and, and I, I think for what's important for me, in, you know, it, in my career, not only as a prosecutor but also as a defense attorney, I've done, I've done, my my career at this point is now spanned about half of each. Um, I do, I still do trainings uh, with law enforcement. I uh, certainly respect them, but there are, there is, I've seen throughout my career. Uh, People are treated differently, especially based on socioeconomics. For I have a bit, sure. I have a bit of a lead foot. Uh, I've legitimately been pulled over somewhere in the thirty number of times for for speeding, <laughs> uh, and I don't get asked those questions. I don't ask if I have something illegal yeah. in my car. I don't get asked if I'm going where I'm going, where I'm coming from. They ask for my license and registration, and then they give me a ticket. Hopefully, they give me a warning. Yeah, this could open up a huge on. can of worms. We could talk for another hour about this, but. I have never. But I think that's why it's important for people yeah. to know their rights. I've never been asked to get out of a car. See, I think just because I'm younger, my... I have been, and also, you know, I've also just now got a good car, so I've also driven pretty <laughs> shitty cars before, and you know, lower social economic status, yeah. and they they see that based off what you're driving. If you're driving a shit bucket, especially in Carmel or Zinesville, right. you're going to be pulled over immediately. I mean, they have a cop waiting on yeah. the entrance of it to zap your ass as soon as you cross that borderline. So yeah, that's why I think I, that's why I think it's important for everybody to know their rights. I don't. I most of the time don't need to. I know them, but right. I don't need to. Yeah. And so I think that for people that are that, that, that do get treated differently, it's important for them to understand their rights. By too. the way, we are a law firm, uh, but we are not your personal attorney. This is not criminal advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, you should consult an attorney before uh, making decisions. But but everything Brad said is is right. So appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, and before we end off here, we just wanted to say that we really appreciate you guys listening. I mean, honestly. We got four hits in like 30 seconds, and we were refreshing it every 10 seconds, and Adam and Brad were doing cartwheels over each other. They were so excited. Well, I can do a cartwheel. Brad can't. Well, yeah, his tits kind of smacked me in the face. I did a a backflip, actually. If you could get a DUI for having too high of an estrogen count, he'd be pulled over. Oh, boy. (laughs) Where did did we go? How did we go? Oh, man. I I gave... To be clear, I gave Devin the rapid up sign, and somehow that turns into my estrogen levels. Oh, that but was we do funny. we do appreciate you guys, and honestly, you know, if you could share it, we we are so excited when we see that ticker go up, even by one more person. This isn't like a, you know, we're not getting thousands of views and listens yet. So every single view matters to us, and every single listen matters to us, and we absolutely love it. At some point, we'll also be having this videotaped and recorded, and also posted on YouTube. And, you know, hopefully you guys are here for us to grow with us on our journey, continuing going forward. And hopefully, you know, even you guys can submit some things that we can talk about. We'll have a place for you to do so. So we just I just really wanted to make make sure you guys knew that we do appreciate you guys. Yeah, well, that'll be a wrap. We thank you for joining us. This has been another episode of Pocket Law Talks. Thank you, guys.